Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council podcast. We are back. Yes, like the NFL season, we have we've had a break, we've had a rest, we've been away for for summer, a few of us, uh, but we are back with you today. Uh, so if this is the first time that you have found us. Please go to iTunes, have a little look at all of our uh, podcasts that we've done in the past. Have a listen. Thank you very much for finding us. If you are subscribed to this and it's the first time we've been back in your ears for quite a few weeks, thank you very much for having us. Uh, and we're hopefully going to entertain you guys for the next hour, hour and a half, give or take, uh, about everything and anything Star Wars. As per usual, I'm your host, Alex, uh, and it's good for you guys to be with us. I'm not alone this week. I have got three awesome members of the Jedi Council with me. Yeah, firstly is my good buddy and my brother in the force, Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. <laughs> oh, oh, it's been weeks and we can still nail that. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Mr. Alistair Clark. Say hello, Ali. Hello, Alex. Oh, you're going with that one still. Fair enough. Okay. I'll let you have that. <laughs> and of course, we have the first lady of the Jedi Council is Mera Ranger. Say hello, Mera. Hello, Mera. Oh, it's good to be back on the mic and with you guys again. It's been a while. It has. It's been way too long. And we have got lots and lots of Star Wars stuff to talk to you guys about. We've got a packed agenda. We're going to try and get us through as much of it uh, as we can today. Uh, we've got loads of stuff to, going to talk to you about. A little bit about Clone Wars, a little bit about Resistance, Episode 9 filming kicking off, and some rumours about that. We're going to talk about maybe the... Uh, characters coming back in episode 9 as well we have a little bit about the Thrawn Alliance book uh, that we're going to try and throw into the mix as well a little bit of news about Galaxy's Edge the new Star Wars land if you want to call it that in Disneyland and Disney World in the US um, and then obviously a little bit of a roundup from everyone you know it's been a few weeks what, what have you guys been doing with your summer Dave what have you been up to oh god uh, I didn't want to expect that one um, we keeping you on your toes to... <laughs> sorry I'm keeping you on your toes. You are, you are, definitely. Um, no, we went to Norfolk um, for 10 days, which is really good, really nice. Um, nice break, good for the boys, loads of beach time, loads of just, yeah, just, just relaxing. It's nice just to have a break from work, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Anything Star Wars related that happened while you were away? Try to think. Well, um, I read the original Thrawn novel. I say the original, the new Thrawn novel. <laughs> um, I also read um, the Most Wanted, which is a solo origin novel, which is really good actually. Um, done by uh, an author called Carson Ray Carson, um, and then I also read another novel all whilst I was away actually. Um, that was, um, it was set just before the Clone Wars and was uh, an Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan with um, Luminari um, oh, wow. and Dooley. Uh, it was very good, actually. Um, yeah, so so I suppose that was, that was my Star Wars for the holiday, really, mm-hmm. to be fair. It was just, just reading loads of different Star Wars novels. Oh, good stuff. Ali, what have you been up to while we've been off air? I've I've been to the states and uh, I've I've gone to the White House. I've been inside it. Um, I was in the Capitol the day John McCain died, and they somehow let me into the Senate to hear all the speeches. So oh, wow. I had a real tour of sort of 
American history and, and what's happening there currently. It was it was incredible. Literally, we were walking through the entire East Wing as um, uh, there was Secret Service everywhere, and they blocked off the entrance to the West Wing where Trump was, but um, had photo taken just by the lawn and everything outside. It was it was incredible. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've had a really good summer, relaxing. And before you ask me the Star Wars question, uh, what I was shocked at was I went to a couple of um, big shopping centre malls out there, and everyone I went into, there was a lot of Star Wars stuff reduced from the Solo movie and from the from the uh, the Last Jedi. Still, it seems like the the Star Wars toys not shifting is still going on. Mm. Did you pick That's up some... any bargains? Uh, I'm, I'm, I myself am not a collector, so no. I don't have enough room. <laughs> I don't have enough room. <laughs> yeah, neither do I, but I always seem to find, find collectibles to pick up and go, oh, that'd be quite nice. Uh, you made a few purchases, didn't you, Dave, over the summer? Um, yes, um, picked up a few more um, Black Series figures. So I've got um, both the, the new and the old Lando. Which is quite nice, actually. It's nice to have the pair of them. Um, also managed to pick up an Obi-Wan Black Series figure. Um, and then the... Oh, I can't remember what it's called now. You know, the the more recent Disney cartoons that are about five, two or three minutes long? Oh, Power Forces of the Force. Destiny. Destiny. Oh, yeah. Yes. Force of Destiny. Yes. Force of Destiny. So I've picked up a Chewbacca, um, a layer from Hoth with... R2 and uh, Luke in flight, well, not the flight gear, you know, the undertunic, the, the beige undertunic that he wears. Oh, very cool. Um, with Yoda. Oh, very cool. They're, they're, they're the 12 inch figures, aren't they? They're not quite. They're closer to 10 inch, actually. Because okay. um, I've, I've, I've put them into the same cabinet as my. Kenner, uh, twelve-inch ones that I, uh, the, the, the ones that are about twenty years old. So I put them into the same cupboard as that. And they're, they're an inch, maybe two inches shorter than them. Stop, not quite twelve-inch. Oh, very cool. Quite nice. The, the, the closest I've come, according to my boys, it's the closest I've come to collecting Barbie dolls. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good boys, good boys. Mara, uh, Mara, what have you been up to uh, while we've been off air? Well, nothing half exciting, as exciting as, uh, you know, going to trips and different countries, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Norfolk felt like a different country, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, some parts of America feel that way, too, if you haven't gotten to them, but, uh, yes. you know, just, you know, working, it's, it's picking up, I've got a new position, so that's really uh, good and fulfilling, and just uh, thinking about selling this house, because it's, uh, it's 200 years old, about, and... Uh, wow. Lots to repair, and it's just me taking care of my dad. So, yeah, so we're just trying to figure out what that next move is. And, and uh, Star Wars, well, I think somebody else gave me a little figurine of R2-D2 at work. They don't really uh, know why I love Star Wars, although it's a plastic everywhere in my cubicle. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> they keep me supplied. <laughs> awesome. Well, I myself... Uh... I, kind of went, I went to Disneyland Paris for a week, um, which was quite good fun. Quite a few things Star Wars-y, obviously, being Disneyland Paris. I uh, had a, a day or two in Paris itself as well, which was very nice. And um, I'm actually going back to Disneyland Paris in a couple of weeks where I'm going to be taking part in the 
uh, Disneyland Paris Run Disney Half Marathon event where I'll be running a 5K, a 10K and a half marathon over the course of three days. Uh, for previous listeners of the podcast will know I did very, something very similar in Disney World earlier on in the year um, and I'm doing it again because I find it fun for some reason. Um, it's running around Disney, which is really good fun anyway. Um, and the theming for this uh, Disneyland Paris one is about villains, uh, which is pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, expecting to see a little bit of Darth Maul, some Darth Vader, obviously some classic Disney villains as well. Um, and the, the actual medal for the 5K is Thanos. I know this isn't a Marvel or a Disney podcast, but nevertheless, it's a Thanos medal and it looks super cool. So I'm really looking forward to picking that up. Uh, and, and that's kind of been my 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 uh, my summer uh, of Star Wars with and without Star Wars, obviously. Um, and um, let's jump into the news, guys. So if we can harken back all the way to July, which was the last time we dropped a podcast, um, we spoke about the Clone Wars uh, is returning, uh, and that kind of kicked off in Comic Con um, over in San Diego. Uh, and obviously that was the, the the last piece of news. So I just wanted to quickly touch on it again, as that that kind of had a, a really big impact on, on the fan base. Um, and we saw a bit of a, a collection of fans reuniting again, because obviously we've seen a bit of a division in the fan base, and to a certain extent that's still going on. Uh, but don't really want to focus on that today. Uh, but just kind of focus on what's up and coming and the positive news coming out of Star Wars. Um, and the Clone Wars returning, it, it excited the hell out of me. Uh, we're going to be getting 12 episodes um, of the Clone Wars. The trailer was amazing. Um, and, and Dave, have you had any kind of? Have you rewatched the trailer since then? I've watched it numerous times, getting me really excited. Um, you know, do, have you managed to rewatch the trailer again? I have. I have. I've seen it a few times. Um, it's just great just to see them back again. Um, and. I think I pointed this out last on on the, the the quick recording that we did when we first saw the trailer. It's nice to see all the characters have moved on. So Anakin looks darker. He looks mm. closer to the the, the Anakin <clears throat> that you know from um, Revenge of the Sith. Um, and I like the way that Obi Wan Kenobi um, looks closer to the recording that you see in Rebels of, of Obi-Wan Kenobi warning the Jedi to stay away from the Jedi uh, Temple and to go into hiding. So it's, it's nice to see those two characters mm. have progressed in the interim. Um, obviously, Ashoka, Ahsoka is, is older and, and slightly taller. Um, <laughs> but it's hard to tell that from a hologram. Um, but, but she looks more mature. Again, um, it's, it's this movement forward. Um it just tells me that the story is possibly 12 months on. It's, it's not the next week, if that makes sense. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. Ali, um, you know, you're a big fan of the original series as well, so uh, have you kind of had a rewatch and kind of familiarised yourself again with the characters? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super, super excited about this, as I think I sort of said before. Um, but what, what I think is interesting, though, is that obviously since we last spoke is that there's been several interviews with Dave Filoni about the process of how it all happened again and, and obviously the support of Disney in, in bringing it back. And, you know, one of their first moves when they took over the Star Wars um, sort of franchise was to, was to obviously 
get rid of the Clone Wars. Yeah. And, and the fact that he's actually been spending a lot more time on this than he has on the Resistance project than was originally thought. Um, because, um, obviously, he knows that. And it turns out that a lot of people are coming to him now for advice on what do you think about this element of Star Wars? What do you think about that? So I think, I think it's interesting that it seems like um, for all the questions we had earlier in the year about is Disney listening, well, I think you can say that they were and they are. Yeah, I'd agree with that 100%. Yeah, I've seen some of those quotes from Dave Filoni. Uh, he's done a couple of tweets as well where, you know, he's kind of said that he's looking forward to this being a, a completion, as it were, of, of the journey. Um, you know, they are... He, he made the series, after all, with George Lucas, so it's very personal to him. So, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it so much. And, Mera, you know, um, have you had a chance to rewatch again, looking forward to seeing R2 in action? Um, not rewatch, but I'm very excited about it. I liked the trailer. I really want to see what's going to happen moving forward, just filling up, uh, filling in more uh, parts of the story. Really excited. You, you, were, you were a fan of the Clone Wars as well, weren't you? Yes, mm-hmm. It took yeah, me a little so while to warm up to them, but yeah. It's, it's, that's the thing. I think all four, all four of us are big fans of the Clone Wars, so yeah. it is really good news. Absolutely. Really good news for all of us. Yeah, and, and, and Mary, you used an interesting phrase that you said uh, about warming up to it, because the reason why I wanted to kind of touch on the Clone Wars to start off with is because uh, while we've been away in a hiatus, we've also, seen a, we've also had the Resistance trailer drop. Pilot? This is your chance to make that true. I've got a mission for you. Yes! Blend in, find out who's loyal to the good guys and who isn't. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. You can work on my team. Get ready to be impressed. But when it comes to your mission as a spy, I don't want anything to do with it. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. I just wanted to wish my competition good luck. This is fine. I'm fine. Just be careful and don't explode. I'll do my best. This should be good. Here we go. Star Wars Resistance, an all-new series, premieres Sunday, October 7th at 10 on Disney Channel. Um, and I want to just pick up on your, your phrase there, Mayor, in that a lot of people have kind of had a bit of a, a weird reaction to the Resistance trailer. And, you know, I, I, I've watched it a few times and I'm, I'm kind of in that camp in that when I first saw Rebels, when I first saw Clone Wars, the, 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 the animation style of the characters, they weren't overly familiar. They then grew to become familiar and, and a massive part of, of, of the Star Wars lore. Um, I became a big fan of both of those shows. Resistance kind of had for me that similar impact as well. Um, it's very much a shift in the way that they've done the animation. Uh, it was 3D in in Rebels and um, and Clone Wars, but now we're seeing in you know a bit of an anime slash 2D uh, approach to the to the animation for for Resistance. And and Mero, I'm going to swing this one back to you. Have you had to had an opportunity to see the trailer? I have, yes, and I've watched it um, at least probably two or three times, and I'm going to take some warming up to it. It's not my favorite style of um, animation, to be honest, but that doesn't mean the story is not going to be good. I mean, there's some new ships, there's some, you know, little action, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm going to watch it, mm. I'm going to give it a chance, but I'm because of the story, <laughs> I mean, the story's going to be fabulous, but. 
yeah, the animation. Not quite a fan yet. Yeah, I, I tend to think that's the reaction from a lot of Star Wars fans, and you know, we're, we're clearly in the same kind of camp in that it's not very familiar. Um, we see some brilliant returning characters, you know, from that trailer. We see uh, the return of Poe Dameron, we see BB 8. Uh, so there are some familiar faces, and the, the story of Resistance is obviously going to be set uh, prior to the events of The Force Awakens. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they do some potentially some nods to, to The Force Awakens and kind of key twists and turns. And um, Dave, you know, I know you recently saw the trailer as well. You know, what, what are your thoughts? I did like it. Um, there's, each, each animation so far has been as a different style. So... You had the the clone, like you had the original Clone Wars, which were more two D, which were actually closer to this style. And then yeah. you had the revised Clone Wars cartoons, yeah. which were much more three dimensional, but quite angular and quite sharp edged. And then you had the Rebels animation, which was closer to a Disney style of animation. I think there were similarities made to Ezra originally when, when he was first unveiled, looking a lot like um, Aladdin. Mm, yeah, and, that's true. Yeah, and, and I must admit, that, that of all the styles that I've seen so far, and, and I loved Rebels, to be fair, so, so this doesn't detract from the cartoon itself, but of all the styles I've seen so far, I would say that Rebels has been my least favourite. Mm. So this, this, the new one for uh, Resistance, I... Not by choice, but my boys watch a lot of anime. Um, and my theirs tends to be Pokemon, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, although, to be fair, I've, I've seen things like Voltron. Um, so so there, there, there are some manga that and anime that I like. Um, I'm a big fan of the more adult style of anime such as Akira and, mm. and films such as of, of that, Ken. So... The style I don't dislike. It is a complete departure from previous ones. Like I said, it's, it's closer to the original Clone Wars cartoons uh, or mini cartoons that were brought out. It must be ten years ago now. Um, but I liked them. Very. It's very bright, and I, I would say that probably more so than typical anime. Um, the colours are very powerful and very strong, very striking colours. Um, there's not much pastel in there. It, it, it is. It's all bold, bright colours, and maybe that can be quite. It, maybe that is putting people off because it's quite a harsh colour palette. I really wanted to hear your kind of take on this because obviously you're you're the artist of, of the council. Let's be honest. Um, so you obviously know the details. You can kind of see things probably a bit sharper in the eye uh, from your perception so it's kind of cool that you compare it to the uh, to the Gendy Clone Wars series because to be honest with you I completely forgot to even consider that as, as, as a comparison um, I, I'm a massive fan of that particular series I've got both series on, on DVD um, but that's a really interesting comparison the 2D effects the way that the, it's drawn maybe to your point where you're saying it's a little bit lighter um, than that particular series as well, because uh, obviously it's the Clone Wars, so it's, it's going to be a little bit darker anyway. Um, but yeah, that's a really interesting comparison. Uh, Ali, you know, you, I'm assuming you've seen the trailer as well, mate. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think it, it just reminds me so much of, of a series from my childhood, which was called 
Robotech. It was originally Macross Saga in Japan, and I think it was in the States as well, uh, called the Macross Saga. Um, it, it just seems very familiar um, in terms of the space pilot style. Um, Robotech is all about planes that change into robots. Um, it's, it's, it's incredibly similar, which means that I really, really like it. Um, I do wonder if, if this is actually, though, part of a, a wider strategy by Disney, because tonally, to me, from, from the trailer, it felt a bit different. It felt like it was really aimed at a younger audience for the first time. And I personally have no problem with that. You know, there's lots of Star Wars, there's books you can read, there's comics you can read. And I wonder if they're starting to develop a wider strategy where they're aiming different things at different segments. Um, it's, it's possible. And I think a lot of the backlashes from people that I've read is because they think it's tonally mm. a bit juvenile. It's a um, but, I, but I think yeah. you've got to give it a chance and see where it goes before you can even make any of those sort of comments. I don't think it's as juvenile as from watching things like, as I said, the, 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 my my two boys watch things like Pokemon, and I would say that the animation of that is a lot more juvenile than uh, Resistance has been, and and resist. And, sorry, I was just going to say, and and Pokemon appeals to people much older than my boys. It's it's not it's not that type of. Anime. I, 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 I don't think it's the style of anime. I think it's all the yippies you can hear and the interactions. Yes. I, th I think it's, that's what I mean by tonally, sorry, not, not colour palettes with that. I mean in terms of interactions, it mm. seems to be a little bit um, younger friendly. than anything we've seen before. Mm. Um, but, but, you know, I'm all for that. I think, I think Star Wars should be every, for everyone, and if it gets a younger audience involved, that's great. And then if for people like us, there's some... Um, new canon and you helps your understanding of, of what's happening in films and in books and etc and I think it's great it might help it from an international perspective as well yeah yeah completely agree because it, it, it's again there was a style going back maybe 20 20 odd years maybe even more than that I don't know if people remember um, Inspector Gadget <laughs> yep yeah. Um, and also there was Dog Tanyon and the Three Musket Hounds yep yep yeah, and they were a lot more light-hearted and a lot more yippee and, and things like that. But this, this, but they were made by a French Canadian company. They they weren't anime. They were very similar to anime because um, there was also the um, Cities of Gold was another one, and none of them they they were of a style that was not too dissimilar to to anime but they weren't they were french canadian or or even just I might even just some of them might even have just been french so maybe this is disney trying to appeal to a, a not not just the domestic us market mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's got to be part of their strategy because i mean one of the things about solo that we saw was is that star wars continues not to resonate with the asian audience over there in the of the last jedi yeah, exactly. Mm. So, so there's obviously a disconnection there of some sort, and maybe this is their way of, of starting to get that audience more involved with something they're more familiar with. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's an interesting one. Definitely, is the, the Chinese market in particular, isn't it, that has no appreciation, for want of a word, <laughs> of Star Wars, but obviously goes back to historical kind of political issues with regards to, to what gets shown in, in China and whatnot because you know in Japan there's a massive Star Wars fan base in Japan um, and maybe again to your point guys having that anime stroke style of, of kind of drawing and, and the way that it's presented 
uh, it's definitely going to appeal to to that wider audience. And you know, we have to remember that when George Lucas created Star Wars, he made it for kids. He his idea was that it's a kids film, um, and you know, a lot of people argue that no, Star Wars should always be a little bit darker, and they they harken back to the the original trilogy where. We see The Empire Strikes Back, which, let's be honest, is a bit of a depressing film to a certain extent. Um, yet we then contrast that with Return of the Jedi, where we've got these lovely fluffy bears who come to the rescue. So you've got this comparison between what the the idea of what Star Wars should be to, to certain fans, and then you've got the idea of what it is to the makeup. Um, and I think maybe Disney is starting to appreciate what kind of it was. Um, and, and, and again, when Rebels first came out, there was, it was quite light. It was quite tonally different to the Clone Wars in particular. Uh, but it then grew and became, let's be honest, there was quite a few serious storylines throughout the whole of the Rebels uh, five series that there was. And, and it's a Star Wars show after all. So four, I think four, 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 four thank you. Yeah. Four. There has to be a level of seriousness to a certain extent. Um, if this is set before Force Awakens, we know that you know uh, the First Order are around. We know that the the resistance is being set up. The name, of the, the clues in the title, right? Um, so there's bound to be some kind of war battles that these guys are going to be seeing. It's going to be quite a, an interesting way that they try and juxtapose that bright features of, of the of the way they're displaying it with some of the tones that's coming through uh, in the storyline potentially. Well, I think it's going to be a good story too because Dave's behind it. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's in good hands being with Dave Filoni for certain. Yeah. I think that's one thing that, no matter who you talk to within the fan base, if they know, if if they've seen any of the animation, and obviously I know that a lot of fans just stick to the films and don't really go any further than the films, but if any of the fans that have seen any of the animations, Dave Filoni is a trusted pair of hands. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm saying that as somebody who has been very hesitant to read the EU or anything, you know, that has been written outside of the movies originally. So it took me a little bit to get into Clone Wars because um, maybe I was a little bit of a purist or I didn't want it to be changed, uh, not thinking that it could be, the changes could be great additions and mm. story. So, um, and I'm broadening out and I'm starting to read uh, some books and, and, um, so it's it's really interesting that I mean I love everything that the like Clone Wars and Rebels and uh, so this is going to be good. So that's from from my point of view of being really hesitant about EU anything <laughs> outside the films. That is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and that's that's actually quite a nice segue into to another topic that I wanted us to talk about. A very quick one. Um, we obviously saw at San Diego Comic Con that. The Throne Alliance book uh, was released. There was a special edition cover. Um, Dave, you touched on the early one that you read the, the, the book that came before this, uh, set in and around yes. the start of the Rebels. Um, and I just want to give a massive shout out to uh, Justin, who is at Red Eye Jedi on Twitter. He has picked up the book. He read it. Now, I spoke to him uh, separately, and he told me that he actually read it twice within the period of about two or three days. <laughs> to, yes. to to read this to, to, to make this review for us uh, so for the benefit of the listeners uh, Justin did a fantastic review spoiler free uh, of uh, the Thrawn Alliance's book 
check it out on the website uh, it's obviously www.the-jedi-council.com uh, we have a special segment on there uh, with some of our reviews uh, and his review is on there a bit of a heads up guys as well he's currently in the process of writing for us a spoiler heavy review uh, and the last time I spoke to him about this, he said he's struggling uh, to get it down to a, a readable length as he's gone into a lot of detail. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very good of him uh, to jump into this for us. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading uh, the book first and foremost and then obviously his review. Uh, so I just wanted to give a bit of a shout out to that. Because uh, Dave, again, you also did a couple of reviews for us on the website as well. Yes, um, I did. Um, both both novels, or, or the two of the three novels that I read whilst I was away, um, the original Thrawn novel, um, or the the, re- the revised origin story of Thrawn, um, and also the uh, most wanted, the origin story for Solo, which, which actually takes you back a step from the the Solo, a Star Wars story. It gives you the introduction to how he and Kira, um, I want to say met up because they already knew each other at the beginning of the novel, but they didn't think highly of each other, and they were very much uh, rivals at the beginning of the novel. But by the end of the novel, they started to cement their friendship. It was a really, really good book. Now, Dave, are you it's, talking about Thrawn made, written by Timothy Zahn? Yes, yes, okay. sorry. The, 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 the original or the new version of the, the Star Wars Thrawn novel by T- Timothy Zahn, which is a very different style. So for, I, I recommend have a quick look at my reviews that are also on the website. But uh, just as a, as a quick snapshot, the um, Ray Carson Most Wanted is aimed at a young adult. Now, my um, eldest is 11, and he's he, he loves reading um, and reads a lot. And he read the most wanted fairly quickly. And I, I would say that's because of the style of writing. It's a very fast paced action style novel where descriptions are perhaps not as heavy as, as more adult aimed books might be. Um, but that doesn't detract from the story and, and the story is really, really good and it's very fast paced and there's a lot going on. And the story moves forward quickly and evolves quickly, and the, but but there's a lot of continuity within the book. It doesn't drop anything for being fast paced, whereas you, you switch to Thrawn, and it was a slower read for William when he read that, because the style of writing, um, more considered, um, more political aspects to the book itself. It isn't just an action book, but it also examines and, and discusses the imperial um, political structure and how politics work in the empire. Um, and I, I make the comment on there, the fact that one of the things I really loved about the book was the way there's there's quite a few, you get bits of the book that are written in italics and it'll be mm. During a conversation, two characters are having a conversation or or something is happening and the book is describing what's happening. But then you'll have a, a, a short passage or a sentence or something that's done in italics. And it tends to be reflecting upon what Thrawn is seeing or what he is um, drawing a conclusion from because he's able... It, it pulls on the fact that he has more than just human perceptions, being a, a non-human 
um, a chiss um, alien. Um, so he's able to read people based upon blood running to their face um, when when they're shocked or surprised or when they're lying. So he's able to read people in different ways. But initially, he stumbles with that because he doesn't understand exactly what he's seeing, but then as he gets more refined through the book and he gets to understand humans more, um, it's quite good that he, he begins to read people much better towards the end of the book. But for me, it reminded me, and I, I mentioned this on the um, review I did, it reminded me a lot of the TV series called Sherlock, and I don't know mm-hmm. if you get that in the, the US Mera. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. With the, the Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, yeah. We get a lot of British yeah. TV. Yes. Well, when, and I would love to actually see this as a TV show almost, um, because of the way it's done, I could almost see Thrawn stood there as part of the, the story and him able, you know the way within the, the Sherlock TV you'll have writing appear on screen, which is almost like him reading the situation or reading what he can see, and you'll have almost like an arrow pointing mud on shoe and um, drawing conclusions from what he's seeing. And it's very similar to that when you're reading the book of the way that Thrawn is reading the situation. So I would say that if, if it was ever put into onto a TV show, you could almost see that happening with an overlay put onto the screen saying mm-hmm. what Thrawn is seeing. It's very cleverly done in the book. I love the way the book was done. But it was a slower read for William. And I think that was because it was slightly more mature in the way it was written, um, slightly more convoluted a story than the most wanted was so it's a good contrast between the two different books actually very different styles aimed at very different age groups maybe yeah no i'd agree with that i i managed to read the throne book as well uh a couple of months back um knowing that alliance is going to come out um <clears throat> probably want to read it again to be fair just to kind of get a bit more familiar with it and i do like the way that it feeds into the rebels tv show uh quite nicely as well it does and um, so, yeah, I think that's that's a ni- that's a really nice way to kind of wrap up uh, that particular segment because there's a there's a huge kind of piece that's kind of been going on while we've been away. Uh, while we've been away, of course, episode nine has started filming. Um, we've seen quite a few bits and pieces being released about episode nine. Uh, first and foremost was the the, the cast list uh, that Lucasfilm have released, showing our very favourite characters of you know. Ray, Finn, Poe, Kylo Ren, uh, Hux, etc. All ready and waiting to go for episode 9. Uh, and the interesting thing that has also come out of episode 9 is the way they're going to be using previous footage that has been shot uh, of Carrie Fisher from episode 7, uh, The Force Awakens. Uh, and recently I read an article where they're actually going to be using some unused footage as well from episode 8. Um, which I'm, I'm really interested to see what they're, they're, they're going to do. Uh, I know that they have, or easily could have replaced uh, the actress. They could have gone CGI, um, which effectively is what they're going to be doing. Uh, but nevertheless, the way that they're going to be using previous footage of her. Um, we've also heard Lucasfilm say previously that they're not going to recast, and I think they're trying to honour their word, which I think is an amazing thing. Uh, for them to do. Uh, Ali, you know, you've probably read some of the stuff that I have as well. Uh, from from the cast in particular, is there anything that caught your eye? What are you looking forward to from an episode 9 perspective? 
I mean, obviously, like, the standout things that you saw was the fact that we've sort of been led to believe for a while that Luke was gone, and he may or may not be. But seeing Mark Hamill and his tweets since it's been announced has been really fun to watch it unfold. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I think... I think it's it's really it's really interesting that um, there's obviously a concerted effort going on here to really bring back on board people who you know hated the Last Jedi through what they're releasing. I mean, there, there's a lot of leaks coming out of this in terms of screenshots, and, and I don't want to go into it about what we've seen so far because people might not want those spoilers. But I don't know about you, but I've been surprised about the amount of material that's leaking online about this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sorry, gone. No, I was going to say when you think of JJ's uh, approach to filming previously, you know, Episode Seven massively under wraps. Nothing got leaked. Nothing got released early. Uh, he's very secretive. Now, from an Episode Seven perspective, I kind of get it, um, but we know he was very similar to that with um, the Star Trek movies that he did as well. He tried to stop everything coming out. I think we previously discussed, haven't we, how the whole calm thing uh kind of kicked off with the second movie that he did um and you know generally speaking he's a very kind of secret guy um and you know seeing some of the stuff that's come out they're the kind of leaks that have been done on purpose if that makes sense and i think you hit the nail on the head that it's a very different approach hello <laughs> dave i think your your microphone went a bit crazy there mate was that me? Yeah, it was you. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that can go on. That can go in the blooper reel. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but, I think um, it was me putting them back in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Ali, you know your, your your comment there about how the leaks are coming out and some of the stuff we've seen, uh, and Mark Hamill's reaction in particular has been great because yeah, spoiler alert, guys, Mark Hamill, stroke Luke Skywalker, uh, was killed uh, in the Last Jedi. Uh, for those of you that aren't aware, uh, but seeing his name back on that list of uh, people who are playing various different characters, obviously. Now, it's funny. I, I read somewhere that somebody started to speculate that he's not going to be playing Luke Skywalker because the release that they gave didn't tell you what characters they're playing. Now, I'm thinking that's a massive stretch. Come on, you can't see anyone else apart from Mark Hamill playing Luke Skywalker. Can we? No. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, the other thing that I noticed as well was two interesting omissions. Whether or not this was done on purpose, whether or not this was done because they're not in it. The first one was Andy Serkis. So we all know that Andy Serkis played uh, Snoke. And we know, again, spoiler alert, guys, in The Last Jedi, uh, he gets cut in half. Now, Past experience of Star Wars will tell us that just because you get cut in half doesn't necessarily mean you're going to die, uh, <laughs> thanks to the return of Darth Maul. However, do we think that him not being on the list is Lucasfilm keeping something up their sleeve, or is he just gone and to be forgotten? What do we think, guys? I mean, I think if you had put him on the list, it would have caused all kind of uproar, because you'd be giving away the plot that he wasn't dead. So I think it's just sensible. Um, you know, I, I, I think, and I'd be interested to hear Dave's view on, on the Carrie Fisher thing, because from my point of view, I, I don't have a problem with it at all. But I've seen some people do, and we know what happened with Tarkin and CGI, because there's this whole thing, as you said, Alex, about footage from um, 7 and 8 being used. And obviously she had different hairstyles in those films. Mm. 
So there's no way from a continuity point of view that they cannot not CGI her in some way. Um, and so they, it's, it's, I think it's fascinating. And I, you know, I think it's really cool actually that they found a way of bringing her back. But it also makes you think how much didn't they use in Seven that they could have done. Mm. Yeah, that's a really interesting one because it's going to be an interesting way that they kind of piece it all together uh, from a conversational point of view, but also from a from a story point of view as well. Absolutely, you know, Mera, uh, what what are your thoughts on maybe getting back uh, some some footage from from seven and eight, Valeo? Well, oh gosh, I mean, I'd love to see her again. Obviously, um, it really have to be creative bringing this back and making it like Alice just said the continuity of it with the, her different looks. looks and, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think it could be done well, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited and yet there's a bit of trepidation. Um, I guess is the best way I can, uh, describe it, but I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see that. And Luke, well, did I just commit to saying Luke? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not Luke. Um, anyway, and what they're going to do with Lando, I, it's going to be very interesting. I, I am very intrigued. I guess that's my that's my uh, conclusion. I really want to see what they're going to do. Yeah, excitedly, and yet, <laughs> yeah, it's funny how after what what we experienced in in the last Jedi for for good or bad, um, it makes you start to think of where where they're going to go. You know, you listen to previous podcasts, guys. We we rambled about. Uh, the Last Jedi for a good six hours, give or take, plus a few mentions of it in the past few podcasts as well. Funnily enough, um, but where the story goes after the end of Episode Eight, nobody knows. What we're going to be seeing with the characters again, nobody knows. Uh, so this is a, a really interesting way uh, for the fans to, to kind of react to what to the news they're seeing. And you know, Mary, you touched on the return of Lando, and we previously discussed it as well. But there were some images to to your point there, Ali, about the leak of him with a punch bag. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but you know, are we going to be seeing Lando in a bit of physical action, or do we just think this is him getting fit for the for the movie? Over to you, Dave. <laughs> it, without being nasty to him, I mean, he's he's a man heading towards the twilight of his years. And he hasn't been very active, <laughs> and he hasn't been very active. That's where I was going. Yes, he's he's. He, I saw some footage today of. Um, going off on a tangent slightly of Arnold Schwarzenegger um, exercising ahead of a future Terminator movie and um, it was him basically doing lap pulls downs Um, and you think he's a man that must be approaching 60 now and he's just pulling weight like it's nothing and he's massively built biceps and and what have you and I just thought Lando isn't there yet no. sorry Bill with you sorry. <laughs> he's got a good 20 years on Schwarzenegger as well to be fair uh, he has he has but then uh, yeah I can't I, see I, him running through Bespin again no no he's he's not let's say he's not looked after himself let's say as well as Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill have done <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely but it's going to be an interesting where they go and I don't know if you guys also noticed another glaring omission to a certain extent for me anyway was 
Gwendolyn Christie, who we all know was Captain Phasma. Well, she, well, she, she's died twice so far. See, that's what I mean. So we obviously saw her in the first uh, uh, first movie, no, the seventh movie, uh, The Force Awakens, where uh, she, well, we believed that she had been had been killed. Um, and then obviously when they released the, the list of cast for um, episode 8, The Last Jedi, we saw her name, and again we saw her demise, we believe, um, from episode 8. Now her name not being on, on the cast list, again, do we think this is a bit of a, a bit of a ploy by Lucasfilm to keep the fans engaged, and if she pops up in the movie, uh, is it a bit of a surprise? What do we think, guys? Do you think this is the end for her, Ali? Isn't she, hasn't she been cast in Resistance? I think she may have been, so I don't think it's the end of her Star Wars story at all in terms of a character. It's just a very odd character, isn't it? The chronic underdevelopment in the films of her. Mm. Um, you know, I, I'd be I'd be quite shocked if if we don't have a a real rounded conclusion of some sorts for her. But because of her uh, appearance in Resistance, I wonder if kind of maybe she's had her time on screen. Mm. Well, instead they're doing the backstory rather than the forward story. Yeah, exactly, because she kind of didn't really have any story at all for someone who seemed so powerful and so um, important um, to, to just, you know, basically keep being outwitted by one of her subordinates. It's, it's just very odd. And how did you get out of the garbage chute? Well, yeah. The planet that blew up. <laughs> well, that was explained in some books. Wasn't yeah, it was a comic book. Thing. Yeah, there was a comic series for her, um, and it it also explains some of her backstory. Maybe not about a lot how she sort of played. Yeah, where she sort of played people off against each other, but it mm. still seems yeah, that's completely right. unsatisfying to me. Well, yeah, her whole backstory is in the Captain Phasma book, so there's a complete novel that um, I'm yet to pick up and read. It's it's on my it's on my. Uh, wish list uh, for Amazon um, I'll make it public if any of the fans want to buy me a copy no. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's scandalous <laughs> I'm joking I'm joking uh, but no it's, <laughs> it's, it's out there and her backstory is obviously in there um, I'd like to see the character back in, in episode 9 I'm not going to lie I, I, the Stormtroopers for me are uh, an integral part of, of, of Star Wars I collect them I've got the Disney Elite version of Captain Phasma. I've got the Black Edition. That, well, I want to get the Black Edition, the new one that's coming out. And I just find the character really cool. But I think it is, to your point, Ali, it's the, the lack of character development that makes it more intriguing in that we don't know much about her, but she's seen as this awesome individual. Yeah, she had a bit of a sucky death, let's be honest, um, in The Last Jedi. And I think we've even discussed, haven't we, that there's these, these, these the, the deleted scene of her death they probably should have used that one rather than the one that they actually used because it was a bit more dignified. Uh, so it's, an, it's going to be an interesting way if she does appear or doesn't appear, as the case may be, uh, uh, in episode nine. Um, but to your comment, Ellie, I didn't know she was cast in Resistance. It's it's one of those things where yeah. it's, it's, it's heavily rumoured and lots of people have said it's happened because, um, obviously, as you said, it's set a, a year before The Force Awakens and so Poe's going to interact with her in some way so yeah, it could oh. be interesting. Yeah, because we know that Oscar Isaacs is doing the voice of, of Poe Dameron. Um, we know that obviously BB-8, the same noises, etc. are going to be used for him. Um, so it would be interesting to see who else that they cast uh, from the characters. You know, are we going to see 
I'd love to see an interaction between uh, Gwendolyn Christie uh, and then John Boyega in their previous life, as it were, where where he was a stormtrooper. Um, you know, from from the backstory we know about Finn, he was this hotshot uh, stormtrooper that was deemed to be like top in his class. Yet all of a sudden, obviously, we know from from the Force Awakens that was his first proper mission. And all of a sudden, he had a change of heart. So I'd like to kind of see that, potentially. Uh, this is me being a bit of a fanboy here. Uh, but I, I love to see stuff like that in, in Resistance as well. Yeah. And obviously, you've also got the Tom Hardy deleted scene from um, from The Last Jedi, where obviously he was so respected by his peers that he wasn't given away in one of the deleted scenes. Yeah, of course, where um, they're in the lift, aren't they? Where he's in, he's in uniform. Uh, his face is obviously exposed, uh, and we know that the uh, the stormtroopers spotted him. And, and see that, that that begs the question of these deleted scenes: Are they canon, or are they not? Yeah, well, that would not the stormtroopers Prince William and Harry in that bit as well? So. <laughs> yeah. So you know, do do we think that the heir to the throne in the UK is in Star Wars? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we know this is in a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but you never know. <laughs> so yeah so there's obviously quite a lot going on uh, about episode 9 we know that they're currently filming um, lots of unanswered questions here you know guys give us your thoughts uh, on Twitter uh, send us a couple of messages what do you think do we think we're going to see a sneaky uh, move by Lucasfilm with Snoke maybe a sneaky feel, a sneaky move by them for, for uh, Captain Phasma as well uh, give us your thoughts on what we're talking about hey guys we obviously love to hear from you uh, don't forget we're the Jedi underscore council uh, for those of you that don't know uh, so yeah reach out let us know what you think can I ask everyone a quick question Alex including you do you think it needs to be a two part finale this has been heavily rumoured oh, well uh, it, they, they're cramming in a lot let's be honest um, <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff that needs to get well does it need to get answered that's the first question it's Star Wars right we don't know anything about Yoda, really. We barely knew anything about Palpatine prior to the, pre- the, the prequel trilogy. So there's always things in Star Wars that don't get answered. Um, some of it I'm happy with. That's all good. Some of it you'd like to get an answer to. So some of the stuff that JJ is going to be putting into Episode Nine is going to be key to answering some questions, but probably giving us some more questions at the end of it as well. So in answer to your question, I think probably it would make sense unless you want to have a film that's going to be like Dances with Wolves and last about three hours and 50 minutes or so. Um, <clears throat> so, again, and, and that's kind of going down the path of what we saw for, for Harry Potter. You know, uh, number seven uh, got split into 7.1 and 7.2, uh, and that was a bit of a success, let's be honest. And for me, it's, it's more Star Wars, right? So if we get an episode nine... Point one and then episode 9.2 with our minds probably not as long as it doesn't become episode 9 and episode 10 um yeah. you know we we know star wars are trilogies right that that's that's got to be done i think jj will be smart enough to know that so you know two parts would i would i hate that no not really as long as they're released in a sensible period of time uh, so what i mean by that is we know it's coming out in december 2019 if they decide to bring it out into december 2020 that's going to be all good if they then say we're actually going to bring it out in February 2020, I'm going to be thinking, hold on a minute, let's just take a breath. Um, we've just got over episode 9.1. But yeah, I wouldn't mind it being either way, to be honest with you. I'm happily, I will happily sit down and watch Star Wars for four hours straight if, if that's what they decide. Uh, but then again, I'll be happy to go and see both parts if they do that as well. 
I mean, two things for me make me think that that is the way that it's going to happen. First of all, there is no other film projects on the go at the minute that we know of. There was obviously the rumours that there were lots cancelled, but if you were going to put one out a year, then we'd know about the next one by now. And the other thing is, obviously, you've seen the success of Infinity Wars, which is a Disney product, and it's done really well over two parts. And I think if you're going to try and bring um, the audience back around as, as one coherent unit, you'd probably do that in the first film, and then the second film would be how you finish it all off. Um, discuss. <laughs> yeah. Dave, I'll let you I'm, I'm, I'm slightly at odds with Alex on this, in that just because the past has always been trilogies, does this have to be a trilogy? So that's, that's the first question. Um, and secondly, unlike the Harry Potter, unlike, um, let's say, um, The Hobbit, which was split into three, into three films that was never needed, um, unlike The Hunger Games, which was split into two for the final episode, this isn't a book already. This isn't a novel that has already been written. This isn't a story that we already know the answers to. So it isn't a case of a 9.1 and a 9.2 because it's a book that they've decided to split into two. Because of where episode seven, episode eight didn't follow from episode seven, and because episode eight left lots of unresolved knots from episode seven and because episode eight left it in such a place that I don't think you could wrap it up in a quick movie. I don't see why it should be an episode 9.1, 9.2. I would be happy with an episode nine and a, and a, a clean episode 10 if JJ Abrams was to manage both of them. Because I, th I think the problem we've got here is that we had in episode eight a director who came in who didn't want to follow the script that had been laid out for him and so went off on tangents that created issues within not only within the fandom but also within the story itself. It became a story that didn't follow the story that preceded it. So... And that's because of a change of director, but also a, t a change of pace, a change of style, a change of tone. Lots of things changed in the middle film because the, co the controlling force wasn't the same. So J.J. Abrams is, is in the position at the moment where he's got to recover episode eight to move it forwards, which is a big thing in itself because we're left with so much. There is nothing at the end of episode eight that ties in nicely to the next movie. If anything, you, you're left with the point where a lot of hopelessness, which I get from looking back on episode, the original episode uh, five, there was hopelessness at the end of that, but there was hopelessness where you had Luke and Leia on a medical frigate that was stuck within um, a rebel fleet. So you knew that there was a fleet, you knew that there were a number of parties still within the, the rebel alliance at that point. Whereas now we're stuck with a resistance, which is on one small freighter 
you're looking at a headcount of 20 people. And how can that stand up to a superpower, which is what the First Order is now with multiple Star, Dest uh, Star Destroyers? So, yeah. No, 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 go on. The only thing I can think of, just to build on what you're saying, because I agree with you, Dave, uh, is that there's got to be a period of time elapsed. It can't do what Episode 8 did to 7. You can't just pick off where this one is. You've got to build the resistance again. You've got to... Mm, yeah. I mean, there was how many years between uh, 5 and 6? You probably need a little bit more. Maybe 3 yeah, exactly. or 5 years. Yeah. But, but to do that, you, you can't just jump forward 10 years. Right. Or, or five years. You you need that building up to how the rebels, the the, the resistance, are hunting around for allies, trying to find a new base, trying to find uh, people who want to join them. You, you've almost got a, a rebuilding of the resistance. You, See, you, I... can't, you can't just jump forward to a, a fully repurposed, reinvigorated. Um, rearmed, re-equipped resistance in ten years. Because the question then is, what's happened over the last ten years? Yeah, I see. I the way I think they'll address that is is in the opening crawl. Um, I genuinely yeah. think they'll jump. That's that's a cop out. <laughs> yeah, agree. Alex, can I jump in here? And you can delete this if this is too spoiler heavy because it might be. No, go on. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen that that. Um, that um, they, we've seen different haircuts on them where haircuts have grown long and there's this big rumour that in fact the child with the at the end who can clearly use the force the whole purpose of the first act is actually that um, they're out trying to find these force sensitive children and Kylo's mm. out there with the Knights of Ren trying to kill them and there has been um, several people have put this out there that those scenes have already been filmed um, so that's probably far too spoilery to go on the podcast, but it does look like they are going down the exact route you said, Dave, about aging them and picking it up in a few years' time where they're trying to rebuild. Yeah. Mm. Which, which then makes it, for me, it makes sense then to list over two movies. Me too. Me too. I agree. I agree. But it isn't a 9.1 and 9.2. It becomes a 9 and a clean 10. Yeah. They have to wrap it up very nicely. It's got to come to its full conclusion, in my opinion. And how are you going to and do they, that? Yeah, and I do also think they need to keep J.J. Abrams on for both. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that's ever going to be in question. Um, he's he's at the helm for this, and to wrap it up, he will finish what he started, basically. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm a purist at heart. I don't know that... The, if they did nine and ten, I I wouldn't not go and see it. I'm looking forward to it. Don't get me wrong, but I I don't know that knowing the way that George originally kind of scoped out twelve movies. Now yeah. I know that they've actually said that episode nine will be the complete wrap up of the Skywalker story. Absolutely, and and that's it. They're kind of done. I know Disney said. I think that. episode eight has already done that, hasn't it? But. <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> we're, we're no longer left with a Skywalker. Well, you got Kylo right. Ren. He's not a Skywalker. He's the grandson of Anakin Skywalker, so he he is a Skywalker by definition. His last name isn't Skywalker, but he is by definition. That's true. And Leia's still alive. 
<laughs> she might be dead in real yes. life, but she's alive in the movie. So what we yes. have is 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 unanswered questions. What we have is a potential way that they're going to wrap up this Skywalker saga, which that, go on, that needs to be redeemed. That the Kylo needs to be redeemed, doesn't it? To to have full circle and to have the balance of the force, or because he doesn't have to be redeemed, does he? If they if they are concluding and they're using that word, if they're concluding the Skywalker story, I think I think he has to die. Personally, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I would agree with that. You know, we we think well, we assume based on the fact that she's not alive, we assume that Leia dies. And we have to assume then if he is then literally the last living Skywalker that we know of. Um, you know, I don't think Anakin slept about. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, he loved he was way he loved Padme way too much. Um, um, but ultimately, if we are concluding the Skywalker story, there has to be no more Skywalkers at the end of this film. Or am I being really short sighted? Well, we still don't know who Ray's parents are. Oh, you went on. Oh, God, you lifted that up. <laughs> well, you know, Luke and Leia could connect because they were brother and sister. Why not? But anyway. <laughs> we love you, Alistair. <laughs> you just completely derailed the podcast with that. So I'm saying just that. saying what people <laughs> are saying on the internet and what people are thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Whether or not I want it or agree with it is a different thing. Well, I've I've, I've, I've never had an issue with the fact that she's a nobody. Yeah. For me, that was that's never been a problem. That has never been. It was it in my. I know Alex uses this as a term. Um, head cannon. In my head cannon, it would have been nice if she was an Obi Wan, well, not an Obi Wan, obviously a, a, a Kenobi. Sorry. Um, so in my head cannon, that would have been a nice tied back and would have would have tied together a few of the little bits that you saw in the force awakens that were ignored in the last jedi um so that would have been nice but i'm not actually offended by the fact that she's nobody because and 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 this seems to be the strange thing that loads of people loads of, of fans of the last jedi seem to really latch on to. She's a nobody. Yay. Isn't that fresh? Isn't that new? Isn't that great? It's like, no, every Jedi in existence except for Luke is a nobody and was right. born of nobody. Um, so I haven't got a problem with that because that, that just ties into actually the, the way that canon has, has been established anyway. So, so for me, she doesn't have to be of a great family to matter. I, How did they choose? Do you know what? Sorry. Yeah, but if I was to make one bet with you, Dave, in the next <laughs> film, I would bet she turns out to be somebody. I hope she doesn't. <laughs> I, I think there's enough momentum out there to make it happen now. Yeah, I know, but whether it shouldn't or should or shouldn't, you know, yeah. we but probably the, both agree that yeah. she shouldn't. But I'm yeah. my, my sense is that she probably will turn out to be someone. I mean, because, it's, it's almost you. You'll end up with a trilogy where it will alienate even more so episode eight as being completely out of kilter with the rest of the story. True, but you do have a situation where Simon Pegg and um, has and Daisy Ridley have both said that what happened in eight was not their understanding of what happened to Ray at all in terms of her parentage. And they've That's both right, Luke, Luke said that about his own character yeah. during episode eight. So. And now they've reverted <laughs> back to the director who created the original storyline. 
So I find it hard not to believe that he will go back to that. I, d- I don't know how they can do mm. that without completely undermining undermining Ryan Johnson. Yeah, and and, I'm, and as as listeners of our podcast will actually probably already know, I'm not the greatest fan of what Ryan Johnson did <laughs> in the Last Jedi. Uh, uh, just just as a comment, I have seen better movies than the Last Jedi. Um, so, but that doesn't mean that I want episode nine or an episode ten to completely whitewash what happened in episode eight, which which is a strange position for me to be in because as much as I actually loathe that movie, I feel that if they were to try and wreck on it, paint it, yeah, paint it over as if let's just forget episode eight happened for everybody's sake. Um, that would almost make it stand out like the bigger sore thumb than it already is. Yeah. Dave, the defender of Ryan Johnson. I never yeah, thought I'd no. And we've no, actually got this on tape as well, no, so we know that he actually <laughs> said it. We've got evidence that Dave said those words. Um, no. It, it's funny because the whole, the whole parentage thing for me, I, I feel completely vindicated uh, because I called it before the start of episode eight. You did? Um, I was banging that drum for a while. People thought it was crazy. However, the the issue that I have with it is the way that it was just delivered. Like, yeah. but that, I, I would say that is the problem with the, the film as a whole, the way it was delivered. Everything well, yeah. about that film was delivered slightly... Off kilter. I was going to say at a right angle, to be fair. Um, just, just to go back to part of the conversation we had earlier about the fact of bringing back Leia into episode nine. And the fact that the footage between that that they're going to have to go back to means that they've, they've got very different footage between episodes seven and eight. Mm. And again, that just highlights the difference between those two movies. You had episode seven, where Leia was very much the general, but she was dressed in utilitarian clothing. It was fatigues. It was trousers. It was. Um, she was a hard-working, on-the-ground general coordinating her troops to deliver what she needed. You then jump to episode eight, and she became this regal princess again, yeah. which it wasn't the layer that we saw in episode seven, which means that if, if you were going to try and use the footage from either of those two movies, you're either, you can't use the footage from both of those two movies together. Because it's a different layer in those two movies. No, they'd have to somehow use the the general and like I could see like building up the resistance again, or you know, parts that, of that it. would work. That yeah, would work. And, and then her realness at the end, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, and the weird thing again, it, it is... makes episode eight stand out as the sore thumb, where you had Princess Leia in red red flowing dresses. Yeah, and the thing that for me that wasn't the princess layer that we saw in yeah. episode seven. What would interesting is that if they're going to use the footage from seven and eight, and let's take the assumption that we've all made that they're going to jump forward ten years, they're going to be showing a layer who was in her sixties when she technically should be in her seventies. Now she may not technically age that much, and they can probably do it with CGI, but nevertheless, you've got a whole gap of time to try and account for as well. So. 
how the last they... thing I do is actually dies in that journey over those ten years. That see that's that that's what I thought they would do. I didn't think they'd use previous footage, I didn't think they'd CGI, they also didn't recast. My initial thought was, and if you listen back to our podcast listeners, you'll hear me say that I initially thought that what they would do to have the opening crawl that says something along the lines of it's been ten years since since the um, death of Luke Skywalker and in that time we've also had the death of General Leia or something along those lines just to really kind of fill the gap and to allow her death to be dignified off of screen but now we're obviously hearing that she's alive and well and they're going to use footage so how far in the future will this film go will it only be a couple of years will it only be five years or will it be to the point where they do maybe they do 9.1 five years find this kid he becomes a Jedi 9.2 9.2 five years later Leia's dead the kid's five years older you know we kind of then get we kind of get an episode one of the Phantom Menace and episode two of Attack of the Clones where we're going to have a young Anakin ish and then a 10 year and a little bit older Anakin as well so you know yeah. it's going to be an interesting dilemma for JJ to put together and for me for one I'm glad that it's him rather than Ryan Johnson but I can't see a way that they're going to kill off Leia though, because of the what's happened with killing off everyone else. Because it's even if, if if you well, how, but if they're using footage from two films where she wasn't killed off, how are they going to find some footage where that happens? Yeah, and because Fair and point. because of the backlash that has happened, you know about people quite rightly saying you're killing off the people who were in my childhood to do the third one and literally make it we killed off uh, Han then we killed off Luke then we killed off Leia that trilogy would be remembered for well that's why they bring on Lando <laughs> yeah I might exactly end of filming looking at his um, but, but the, the thing is I mean, again this, this goes back to what maybe what a more considerate director would have done in episode 8 because Carrie Fisher was dead whilst they were doing post-production. So they, and they had footage of, well, there was a couple of, there were a couple of places that they could have natural breaks and actually made it work. The first one could well have been a case of where Leia was, was blown out through into, into vacuum when uh, the bridge was destroyed. So we could have avoided the Mary Poppins moment that I've yet to see one person say was great. So oh no, I've seen it, Dave. Sorry. <laughs> uh, oh no. God bless Twitter. So, okay, so, so so that that gave you a natural break, and they could have killed her off there, and it could have happened, and then they could have had a very poignant bit that they filmed afterwards, where people are trying to recover from the grief of that. So you you had an opportunity to do it there. Actually, and then the second I thought time. To be fair, they should have done. They should have done yeah. that. Oh, her already when she yeah. had blown out of there, and then all of a sudden yeah. she, uh, yeah, I agree. And, and that would have been quite a nice way of getting rid of the old guard, which Ryan Johnson wanted to do anyway because he lost Akbar at the same time. So, so that could have been quite a nice, clean way of doing it. And the other place would have been rather than the Holdo maneuver, which, which let's face it, again, was not the best thought-out idea of Ryan, John, uh, Ryan Johnson's. Um, it could have been Leia who did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, that would have given that would have given Leia a massive finale, a massive finish, 
of her making a difference to help the resistance. And, and either of those two places, it, it could have worked, and they could have done that that way to allow the story to move forward and to allow them to actually honour the death of Carrie Fisher. And, and they did neither. I agree. Mm. I agree. And for the benefit of the listeners, welcome to the Last Jedi Review Part Ninety Five. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're trying to solve the problem for the next film. I'm not having that, Alex. <laughs> okay, welcome to the preview of Episode Nine. <laughs> yet to be un- yet to be titled, obviously. No, um, I I also think that the way that to your point earlier on in the, in the discussion earlier with the leaking and stuff, I'm actually quite liking it. Um, it's good. I know a lot of people just want to be spoiler-free. They don't want to see anything. They're not interested. They just want to go in and see the movie. They don't even go and see the trailer. I get that. For me, though, seeing the pictures, you know, of, of the cast together and to your point, you see John Boyega with a little bit of an afro. Uh, just the, They've clearly done that to emphasize this. It's a point of time later on after the film that he's hair's grown. Um, you know, just because it's a couple of years later, it doesn't mean he hasn't cut his hair. It's, it's ridiculous, but, you know, that's what they're clearly doing. <laughs> well, he's, he's, no lo- he's no longer in the Stormtrooper helmet, so you don't need to have short hair, does he? He's probably, yeah, that's a very good point, actually. He's probably doing it as a, as a thing because that's where he's rebelling. He's had to have short back and sides for the last 20 years. He's rebelling and, and growing his hair long. Yeah, you can't imagine wearing that Stormtrooper helmet with an afro. That must be quite uncomfortable uh, yeah. to put on your head. Uh, but nevertheless, um, we are coming to a point, guys, where it's been about an hour and 20 ish. Um, and. I think we've got to a really good point where we can maybe start to wrap up. Um, we've got we've talked about a hell of a lot today. Uh, we've got a couple of things that we're going to save uh, for the podcast next week. Uh, we will be back and hopefully be a little bit more regular. Uh, now we're back from our various different summer summer holidays and whatnot. Um, so after everything that we've kind of talked about today, uh, I want to do a bit of a wrap up, guys. Dave, over to you. What are your Final thoughts uh, of, of the discussions today, everything that we've seen about Star Wars, what you're looking forward to as well. Firstly, I just want to say I've missed you a lot. It, it's been mm. six or so weeks where we've not had a chance to just chew the cud and, and talk about Star Wars with with mates who just want to talk about it. So welcome back, all of you. It's, it's great to be doing this again. Mm. So that's, yeah. that, I think that, that's that's my takeaway from this. It's it's great to be back, and it's great to be chatting to you lot again. Absolutely, yeah, here, here, here. That's me. Yeah, no, it's great to be back with my brothers in the force, just chatting about what we love and bringing up great discussions, and not only just catching up, but um, yeah, it's it's pretty nice. It's coming home. That's how I feel. Coming home. <laughs> yes. We're home, Chewy. We're home. I won't break out the song today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for another week, Mary, shall we? Okay, all right. Absolutely. <laughs> Ali, final thoughts from you, mate. Uh, do you know what? I felt like we were just hitting a stride then. I was really, really enjoying that. It was, it was great fun to be back. And, and as you say, there's so much to talk about and there's so much analysis and you know resistance coming out in a few weeks' time. It's an incredibly exciting time. Um, and I just, as, as a final thought from me, 
it, Dave sent round a text a few, well, a couple of weeks ago that, that really got me thinking and thought-provoking about oh fandom. No, no, seriously. You sent round a, a little text about the idea of being a, a fan of a, it was a meme actually, of, of films and what it was like, you know, compared to being, say, a football fan. Because um, I've discussed yeah. this with a few friends actually since. It was a Spock one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was actually. Yeah. It was Spock, and it was it was but completely relevant to Star Wars, which is the idea that you can be a football fan, and it's completely okay to buy a football shirt, go to all the games, and that could be American football or British football, and go and follow it and invest all this money, and it's like completely socially okay. But the second you put a Star Wars or a Star Trek in front of that, you're a geek, slightly outcast mm. and odd, and it just it just made me think about um, how people's perceptions can be just because you like one thing over another and how it's the complete same. It just really struck a chord with me that, you know, fandom is fandom and it's and it's great to, to be part of this fandom and to be talking about Star Wars. Even if we have our disagreements from time to time, it's just really nice to sort of be back in the club. Well, I, sorry, I, even though I've said my piece, I'm, I'm going to have another little say now. Um, Alex and myself met each other. We were both working in a law firm in London and... I, it's got to be, what, about seven years ago now, six, seven years ago, something like that. 2011? Um, 2011, yeah, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven years ago, let's say. So, at that point in time, I was about 37, 36, 37. Alex, I'm guessing you would have been about 30 then. Yeah, because I, I turned 30 when we were working together. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, for for me, I was I was a guy in my mid to late thirties, let's say, and I'd gone through the best part of twenty years of working in different companies, where the conversation amongst everybody that I I knew as a work colleague, if if it was male, I would say male. I, w- I won't talk about ladies, but from a male perspective, was oh, did you watch football last night? Did you watch football yesterday? Oh, our team is doing really well. Your team's doing really poorly. We beat you. Your your team is just awful. I don't know. I don't know how you can hold your, your head up today because your team did so bad. Oh, you played really badly yesterday, didn't you? We played really good. I played really well, and it, it was just a case of that. That was the conversation for the best part of the last twenty years. The fact that. That is totally acceptable. And the company I work in today, it's the same. Most of the conversations are every week. In fact, there's no conversation had by people that I work with over summer because they've not got any sport to talk about or any football. Actually, it's football to talk about. And then about two, three weeks ago, it starts up again. Oh, our team did, oh, I did, we did really well last night. You didn't do that well, did you? Oh, you've had a poor start to the season, haven't you? Oh, we've done really well at the beginning of the season. So, so the conversation is now starting to build up again. And that is seen as totally acceptable because it's talking about sports. But you wouldn't find two fans saying, oh, that new season of Star Trek, you must be really disappointed by that. You're doing really badly in that. Whereas my lot in Star Wars are doing really well at the moment. They're all over Disney Channel and it's doing really good and people really like it. But your Star Trek's not doing that well at the moment. Yeah. You don't get that type of conversation. Yeah. Oh, I, I it, it, it was refreshing to meet Alex. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So <laughs> I agree. And obviously, I met Alex five years before that. I was at his 25th birthday party. You're in <laughs> um, but, but Alex and I really knew each other through football because we played football together. And it was only really after he left the company that we got to talking about Star Wars, really. It was a bit of it at work, but not too much. So I think it's good that in that time, um, you've been able to... Well, I think it's I think it's acceptable to talk about Star Wars and Star Trek in public now. And I just think... Yeah. I think it's really good that we are able to do that, but it's still kind of a niche thing. And, and just your meme brought it home to me. So I thought it was just something good to, to talk about with people who, you know, perhaps don't understand fans who look really like something that belongs to a film originally. Well, no, I'd, kind of... I'd agree with that. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Mara. That's okay. That's what I love about Twitter because um, at work, uh, there's really only one person that I can really talk to and his name is Brad and he's listening to our podcasts and stuff. He, but Everybody else, I mean, all the girls are just like, oh, they roll their eyes and pat my head kind of thing. Oh, Mara cool. likes Star Wars. You know, it's a little kid thing. How can you like, okay. They tolerate my passion for Star Wars. And, uh, you know, so it's it's hard for a geek girl to, <laughs> you know, talk about that. Because even with guys, you go into a conversation and you say something knowledgeable. Because I like to think that I know something about Star mm-hmm. Wars. And they just look at me like I've got five heads. I'm like, just because I'm a girl doesn't mean I don't know anything about Star Wars. And by the way, that's a Karelian ship. It's not a empire, something made from the Empire of <laughs> Tweeb. <laughs> Get your facts right, mate. That's right. So, yeah. Anyway, but it, it's difficult, but this is home. So that's why I call it home, because I can talk about it without mm. being, oh, Mara's a good girl. She likes her Star Wars. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. So thank you. <laughs> there you go, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. That's one hell of a wrap up, guys. Um, got a little bit deep there at points as well. Um, but no, I, I I do agree. You know, Dave. Um, when we met, it kind of well to your point, it really isn't a thing anymore. Really, you, you know, you, you talk about Star Wars a little bit. I think people think you're a bit of a weirdo. I think it depends on the industry you work in. Um, when I worked in a previous IT team, if there wasn't a Star Wars joke, quote, line, meme, uh, at least once a day, it would be a really weird thing. Um, whereas working in finance the way I used to do, you know, it, again, there's a certain way of talking and topics that it's okay. You know, it's probably more acceptable to talk about a drug habit and going out for a drink than it is to talk about Star Wars. So I think it says it more all about the industry and that you work in potentially and, and the individuals that are in it as well. But, um, you know, I think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head and, and it is good to be back. Um, I've missed you guys. Uh, I know we kind of speak every so often. Uh, and something that I did want to mention uh, for, for the benefit of our listeners, about well, 10 days, maybe even two weeks ago, Dave and I were uh, on a on a a separate podcast. Uh, we were invited onto a podcast by followers of the Force, uh, where we spoke to those guys, and you know it was a really good, really good conversation. Talking about fandom, where we started, where we kind of got to, what we think of the current uh, Star Wars movies and whatnot. Uh, and we had a bit, we had a blast, didn't we, Dave? It was a really good conversation. Um, really good host. It was. Uh, really good fun. Uh, so check them out on Twitter. They are at followers of the Force. Um, if you really want to listen to us talking about Star Wars even more, find that find their podcast. Uh, they're all on your usual places. I subscribe to the podcast as well now uh, on, on on iTunes. 
So, I enjoyed listening to it, by the way. I thought you guys brought up some really good points that we hadn't discussed on here. So for those who are avid listeners, I would really go and check it out. And that also actually prompts me to think about some stuff that I need to listen to that to make sure that we can cover that in the future as well. Just a, just as a mental note for me when I listen back to this. Because yes, guys, I'm a nerd. I do listen to our podcasts. Uh, not just to do the editing, but once it's done as well and live on, on iTunes and whatnot. <laughs> um, but... Thank you very much for, for listening to us. We have been talking with you guys uh, for a while now. It's good to be back. Uh, don't forget, we are the Jedi Council. Uh, we are here to talk about everything and anything Star Wars related. Find us on Twitter at the Jedi underscore Council. Hit us up on Instagram. We are at the Jedi underscore Council underscore TJC. We are on www.the-jedi-council.com. Um, we try to interact with you guys uh, as much as we can. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to all of our podcasts. We are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Player.fm, um, and we're trying to trying to get our podcast onto Spotify, but those guys are rubbish uh, replying to my emails, <laughs> uh, calling you out on this podcast here, uh, Spotify. Um, so, yes, thank you very much for listening to us. Get involved. We try to get back to you as much as we can. And remember, may the force be with you.
Remember, the force will be with you always.